Hello and welcome to the latest Clear Cruise podcast. Coming up this week, we head back to Clear Conference 2019, where I got the chance to sit down with two of our guest speakers. Up later, I speak with explorer Felicity Aston, but first, I had a chat with UniWorld CEO and President Ellen Betridge. Enjoy. Good morning, Toby. I'm Ellen Betridge, uh, President and CEO of UniWorld and U River Cruises. So you're uh, one of the lucky few who's returning to the podcast because I believe we've had you on before. You have, absolutely. And I think we're going to have you on again fairly soon. You are. And, and, and I, at the end of June, we're actually going to be on our beautiful new ship, the super ship Bon Voyage in Bordeaux. And, uh, you know, viewing the ship and also having a chance to catch up and talk. You know what? So... Uniworld's been on a journey. So since 2016, when we launched the super ship uh, Joie de Vivre, that we really changed the way people are expecting to river cruise. We really notched it up a bit. So then since then, we then the following year launched the super ship Beatrice. Once again, a ship with more dining venues, more suites, more luxurious finishes, truly meeting the needs of customers. Their expectations are so much higher. So just a few short weeks ago, we launched the incredible Super Ship Bon Voyage. This ship has four dining venues for 128 passengers. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's incredible, right? We added, she only had one suite before, so we actually took the River Royale and we actually completely gutted her out, added in more suites, added in the additional dining venues, and added in just truly luxurious finishes throughout. But it has a sense of, of coziness and lovely little spots everywhere and the top deck is to absolutely die for on the top deck we actually have an incredible infinity pool right oh wow yeah and so imagine you're in Bordeaux beautiful summer day sitting on the top deck you've had a, a little bit of a homemade pizza maybe at lunch and a little salad you're drinking some wine watching the world go by maybe soaking in the pool at the same time so tell me a bit about yourself. How long have you been with UniWorld? So I've been with UniWorld almost three years, but I've been in the industry for over 30. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, so I actually started off as a frontline travel agent. Oh, wow. I worked for American Express for 23 years um, in the United States, uh, where I ran the retail travel business. It uh, was my final job there, and I did that for nine years. Um, incredible. And then I was, um, got the opportunity to go work for Silver Sea Cruises. So I was actually the president of the Americas for Silver Seas. Um, so that kind of got me into the river, cru the cruising side of, of life, yeah. right? And then I had the opportunity to go work at Azamara Club cruise, Cruises um, with the very famous Larry Pimentel <laughs> and the wonderful royal team. Um, what an amazing brand and how much fun I had there. But you know, when you get that call to actually have the chance to go work for a brand that you've admired and you've known for years, you have to jump at it. Um, I was actually on the launch of the River Royale back in 2006. I was a guest of theirs because I worked for American Express. We were a very important customer. So imagine, I was a guest of a ship then. I then got to be part of the rebirth and the redesign and the transformation of this ship and come back now and now she's, you know, under my reign. So it's, That's so much fun. It is, it is. I feel like I have to pinch myself every day <laughs> to say, I have the coolest job ever. You've, yeah, and you've, I guess you've had a real sense of the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so fun to watch the industry. And I'm, I think the UK market, you know, I think, you know, UK right now is having some tough times. You've got that big B word going on. <laughs> but I will say is that, um, you know, Uniworld is actually having an amazing year with it. Because I think what we've understood is that there is still that customer out there who still does want to travel and still wants an incredible, luxurious vacation. So what I'm hoping to do is help agents understand how to really qualify who that customer is, help them figure out how to find them, and yeah. help them to go after them. Because with river cruising, you can make so much more money. Remember, we pay on everything. 
We're right. paying on all the drinks, the excursions, the experiences, everything's included, right? Mm. We're 100% all-inclusive, right? And as an agent, you're getting paid on average here in the UK 15% on everything. Not everyone else, not, not, that, not you know, in ocean cruising, you can't necessarily say that. <laughs> well, there you go. So we are, we're here at the uh, Clear Conference uh, on Queen Mary 2. Um, you're going to be taken to the stage later. I am. Uh, what are people going to expect from your... Well, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about really what is the next generation of river cruising, right? So I'm going to talk about it in two different places. One is about that you river cruise person, right? So what does that young and the young at heart look like? And um, I'm actually using real pictures from our website that people have actually uploaded. So you're going to see who that real customer is. This isn't models, yeah. right? These are the real people, the real people eating, doing their activities, and what they. And we found out a lot about what they like and what they want. Then I'm going to t take a spin, though, because the two things marry beautifully because the next generation of the Uniworld River Cruiser and really their expectations. So once again, it used to be years ago you could go to a hotel or go to a, on a ship and it was a fancy place if they offered you free Wi-Fi and a bottle of water next to your bed and, a, um, and maybe a pillow choice. Yeah. You can get that anywhere now. That's expected. Right? So how do you elevate what you're doing? Right? So I'm going to talk a little bit about what we're doing to elevate the experience, but also meet their needs. So meet their dietary needs. There's a lot more vegans, vegetarians. You know, people want to eat differently. Um, wellness is not a trend. It's here to stay. So how do we continue to make sure we're giving more and more things for wellness? And then just um, the finer things around them. They want that and they expect it. I guess it's really interesting that you've, you've got the perspective of the travel agents in mind. I absolutely do. You know, and it's, travel agents are deep in my heart. Um, we're really at Uniworld, you know, 95% of my business is through travel advisors. Yeah. I need them. I need them to help me to sell the difference, to understand that there is a difference between different companies. And what they have to do is figure out how do they talk to their customer to ask the right questions, to put the right customer on the right experience. Because at the end of the day, that customer is going to come back to them if it was the right experience. If you've put them on the wrong place because they've just come in and you've been an order taker and said, yep, let's just go do that, they get there and it's not what they wanted, are they going to come back to you? Chances are no, right, as an advisor. Right. So I want to make sure advisors understand that they have to qualify their customers. They've got to ask the questions. What was the last vacation you went on? What types of hotels do you like to stay at? You know, and don't be afraid of your pocketbooks, right? Go for it. You got, you're in this to make money, right? Right. At the end of the day. So we want advisors to be successful. I think advisors have a long history of time to be here. I mean, you know, I remember the years when it was, oh, it's, advisors are going to go away. Commissions are changing. This is going to happen. Mm. If anything, I think they've flourished in a lot of ways. Yeah. Those who well, wanted to. UK travel agent conference ever right now. It, I am, and it, you know it's so great. I'm glad you said that because I was so impressed when I walked in last night because I just arrived yesterday and I walked in and I was blown away by the number of people, the excitement, the energy that was in that room. It was incredibly impressive, and I can't wait. I hope I get invited back next year. Oh, I'm sure you will. So we've got conference today. We've got Bordeaux coming up. Yep. What's next on on your horizon? So what's next on the horizon? I'll talk about that in my speech as well. So we are going to continue to evolve our brand. So we actually have five super ships coming out. Wow. One of them is the super ship Bon Voyage, but we have four more coming out. So in uh, December, we're going to have the super ship Sphinx in Egypt. Oh, cool. We have a new ship in Portugal, the super ship San Gabriel. We have a new ship on the Mekong, the Mekong Jewel. And we have a new ship. Gosh, you, know, you have to remember all of them now. <laughs> um, and then we have the La Venencia, which will come out in 2020. And okay. that's in Venice. So it's really an immersive Venice experience on this beautiful floating hotel. So 
we're not slowing down. We have so much to give and to do. Um, what I love about what I, the company I work for is that they're investing in us. So I work for a company that is very fortunate. We have no debt. So they're able to say, you know what, let's just continue to make sure the product that we're delivering, the experiences we're delivering are the absolute very, very best. So make sure you have that high, high quality. So what we're doing, spending our time doing, instead of adding more ships on the river, right, which can be a little irresponsible if you think about it, right? We're in a world of you got to have sustainability and taking care of our rivers and taking care of our local markets, but really elevating what we have and making it the absolute best. That's an amazing note to end on, Ellen. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm here with Felicity. Felicity, how are you? I'm good, actually. Yeah. Uh, tell us who you are and why you're here. Okay, my name's Felicity Aston, and I'm a polar explorer. And I'm here because next year I'll be taking part in the first Silver Sea Expedition World Cruise. So they have a, a leg that's going down to Antarctica. So I'll be going and joining that so that I can talk about Antarctica. So what are you uh, hoping to tell travel agents today at the conference? I'm hoping to give them a taste of just how special Antarctica is and why it is worthy of somebody's life savings <laughs> to go and you know this is it's not a trip that will disappoint as a trip of a lifetime. So how what's what's your history with with the region? Uh, I first went to Antarctica as a scientist when I was 23 and so I spent uh, a solid two and a half years there so I was there for summer and winter and so I got to see quite a few of Antarctica's different faces and I think that's why I got hooked on the polar regions because I just kept wanting to go back for more and then I've been very fortunate to see Antarctica from lots of different viewpoints so I've been there as an explorer, I've been there as a scientist, I've been there as a, as a tourist um, so uh, I've got to know yeah, lots of the different characters of Antarctica and so I think that's why I can give quite a unique insight into what this place is like and the effect it has on people. This is one of the special things about Antarctica is it's a destination that people come away from feeling affected right. by, changed by. You know, no one ever comes back from Antarctica going, oh yeah, it was pretty and the food was good. You know, that's mm. not what people say. They come back and it, they find that their whole perspective has been shifted and um, that's pretty powerful. So you'll be joining Silver Sea? Yes, yeah, so I'll be on board as a, as a guest speaker for their Antarctic leg of, of their first Expedition World Cruise. And uh, it will be really nice to sort of be sharing people's dream journey with them yeah. and being able to share this place that means so much to me with other people. And it is lovely when it's somewhere you love and you see other people seeing it for the first time and see their reactions to it. And uh, yeah, that never gets boring. Will you, uh, will you get a chance to explore yourself while you're on board? Uh, yes, I mean the, the whole idea of it being an expedition uh, world cruise uh, is that um, you do get to explore. So mm. there'll be people um, that will be given the opportunity just to yeah, see a bit deeper and a bit more of the, uh, the peninsula region, which is the best bit as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. So how much of Antarctica have you personally explored? 
Um, just scratched the surface. Really? I mean, the thing is, is that Antarctica is so huge. Mm. We're used to seeing it as just this sort of distorted white blob. But in fact, it's twice the size of Australia. Wow. And we think of Australia wow. as being a massive continent. This is twice the size. And there are huge parts of Antarctica where man has not yet set foot. <laughs> I mean, isn't that incredible? We talk about the world being a small place and yet there are still places in Antarctica that have never actually been seen by man in reality. We've seen it from space, from satellites, but that's not the same as actually, you know, going there and having a proper look. Um, so I find that really quite a relief, actually, that there are still parts of our planet that are unexplored. Yeah, you're, you're making me want to go on one right now. <laughs> um, but we've got a conference to do first. Um, so what's the longest amount of time you've ever spent in Antarctica? Uh, the longest time I've ever spent in Antarctica is two and a half years. Um, straight? Straight, yes. So that used to be the standard length of time that if you went there as a scientist with the British Antarctic Survey, um, the contract was that you stayed for a summer, a winter, a summer, a winter, and then a third and final summer before you came home. Oh, wow. Yeah, the idea being that on your first winter you were kind of learning mm -hmm. how things happen and then your second winter you were passing that knowledge on to um, the, the next the next rotation right. um, so you had that continuity because you're living on small scientific research stations uh, that are doing studies that go on over long periods of time so they really um, benefit from not having too much stop and start in them you know yeah. it relies on on continuity so um, that was that was the theory. That's but so cool. It was it was wonderful, and uh, you know a lot of people say, "Gosh, two and a half years! That must have been a really long time." And um, by my third summer, yes, I was ready to come <laughs> home. But in fact, my two winters, when you're totally cut off from the rest of the world for mm. seven months with a very small skeleton crew in this tiny station, yeah. um, you know, my two winters were so different. The first one, really bad weather, really stormy, um, and so everyone was sort of trapped inside the building and you know you get a bit of cabin fever and the social dynamics are really interesting and then my second winter we had beautiful weather like sea ice so that we could travel and explore the surrounding area a lot and um and you know just seeing the two different sides of what antarctica can be like was a real privilege that's an interesting question like what's what really is the difference between summer and winter in antarctica mm, huge well the biggest difference is the light so in yeah. the summer you've got 24-hour daylight and in the winter you've got 24-hour darkness. <sighs> so for four months we didn't see the sun. Wow. So that really, when the sun comes back, mm. you really notice that this is radiation hitting you in a way yeah. that maybe you don't appreciate until, you've, until it's not been there. And yeah. then suddenly it feels like a, a miracle that this happens every day, <laughs> that the sun rises. Um, so yeah, amazing experiences to go without that. Um, to be in that darkness the the daylight you know a lot of people struggle with the daylight but in fact i find it quite useful you know if you have yeah. to do something in the middle of the night which you know in antarctica when the weather is good in the summertime operations are 24 hour you know yeah. you, you might as well get up and see the wonderful wildlife in the middle of the night uh, because it's there you know you, you don't have to wait for for daylight right. to be able to go and do that so you said wildlife like what kind of wildlife would you expect to see in, in Antarctica. This is one of the reasons why the peninsula, in my opinion, is one of the best places to go. People look on a map of Antarctica and they see that the peninsula looks like, oh, it's just the edges, that's mm. not really seeing Antarctica. But in fact, that is the place where there is the most 
amazing wildlife, a huge concentration of wildlife, and the scenery is incredible. Um, the rest of Antarctica is totally different for its l total lack of life right. and the fact that the scenery, although it is awesome and amazing, it is very monotonous. Right. <laughs> you really don't need to be there for long to you know, see and get the impression of, of what the centre of Antarctica is like. Um, so the peninsula really is the most interesting part of Antarctica in my opinion. We've got the conference today, then you're off with uh, Silver Sea. Uh, what's next for you? Uh, well, I'm always in the process of putting together expeditions to the Arctic and the Antarctic and uh, so I hope to continue putting together these, these journeys and these trips. Uh, for me it's all about curiosity to find out what is in places, what is there, what does it look like, what's happening there. Um, and with the polar regions in particular changing so fast, uh, particularly in the north actually, right. just on really small timescales, massive changes. Um, it, there's a lot that needs to be looked at and there's a lot more exploring that needs to be done. It's a perfect note to end on Felicity, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. That's all from us this week. Thank you to Ellen Betridge and Felicity Aston for taking the time to talk with me. Let us know your thoughts across social media by using the hashtag ClearPod, that's C-L-I-A-P-O-D, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. My name's Toby Cruz. Happy cruising. <laughs>